It's the Not So Bon Voyage podcast, episode Michael Jordan, 23. On today's episode, we talk about pigeons on a plane, a Canadian captured in Syria, and out-of-control Irish immigration officers. Book your onward travel and let's go. And then the train got lost. How does the train get lost when it's on rails? I just want to get out there in the wild. Well, it was in the itinerary. I mean, adventure, it's calling. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been excellent. G'day, mateys! And it's the Not So Bum Voyage podcast with Jules. And Christine. And a very chilly afternoon from Canada to you. Yes, uh, top of the chilly afternoon to ya. Top of the chilly afternoon. And actually, speaking of chilly, there's a chilies just around the corner from there where we are. There is a chilies. We are in Banff. In, Banff. Are we in BC or Alberta? We're in Alberta. We are in Banff, Alberta, uh, in Canada. Yes, tell me more about geography, Christine. Uh, well, geography is the study of maps and geodes and various other topographical things. Yes, Christine Williams, the world traveler of over 10 years and probably failed a geography class here or there along the way. I don't know where anything is. Yeah, but that's all right. It doesn't matter because we don't really need to know where anything is because we tell the stories over here. And because God invented Google Maps. Thank yeah. you. Uh, we are in Banff, as Christine said. We are continuing our road trip. We're in a hotel at the moment. We are in a hotel. It's something different for us. Yes, we are really taking the Not So Bon Voyage podcast on the road because we've been in a van, we've been in a hostel, we've been in a hotel, we've been in random people's houses. But now we are in. <laughs> <laughs> now we are in a beautiful little hotel in Banff downtown and. So we just checked in, so I actually can't tell you too much about it, but it seems nice. It does seem nice. It's a cute little hotel, and Banff looks adorable. It looks like it's mostly hotels, actually. Yes. Uh, driving in every single property on the right-hand side from that street that we turned off on was a hotel. Yeah. But that's okay. We're here for a few nights. We decided we would get a podcast up and out. We know we're late again, even though I'm pretty sure last time we said we wouldn't be late, but we're back on the road. We haven't had Wi-Fi, and that's just the game. Yeah, we've been staying at hostels, like a wilderness hostel, and places that don't have a lot of Wi-Fi. Yes, one of the last places we stayed at didn't even have running water. Yeah, true. All real toilets. So there you go. We're just really getting a (laughs) cross-section of... We're trying everything out. We're trying everything out. But we are better. We were sick last week. That's true. We, we are getting, getting better. Yes. We haven't had too many troubles. We were back on the road in the van and we got the car stuck in the snow again. Mm-hmm. But we are pretty much experts at getting the snow chains out now. So we took mm-hmm. care of that. So that was fine. And some nice man pushed us out. Oh, okay. So we got stuck hands. twice. I was thinking about the other time we got stuck going up the hill. Oh, yeah. yeah. We did. We got stuck one evening and then the next morning. Yeah. So, you know, just experts stuck at that. Stuck life. Stuck life. That's okay. But enough of that update. We are going to get straight into some stories today because I think we've got quite a few really good ones to go over. We really do. Yes. Well, I don't know what yours is, but I know that mine is good. Mine's even better, I bet. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, competition. Well, we're going to have to go straight into it then. In the news, anything happening in the news around the travel traps? The only thing I have to discuss is a continuation of what we talked about last week, which is the recline or not recline debate. Oh, we had some interesting feedback on that. Mm, we did have some interesting feedback. I think people were mostly on the recline but ask first side of the debate. 
Okay. That seems like the not recline first, ask for forgiveness later. It's not. It's not. Uh, yeah, and it's not. It's ask for permission instead of ask for forgiveness. Yeah, I mean, it just seems so ridiculous that we live in a world now where we've got to ask to do things that we should be allowed to do anyway. I know it's a crazy world. It's we a live crazy in. world out there. So this was sent in to us by longtime listener and friend Chris Waddell whose name I think I always mispronounce. I'm sorry, Chris. But he sent us a news article that showed a man who had put his laptop computer on his tray table on an airplane seat, Mm -hmm. and he had tucked the top of the computer into uh, the okay where i already the, know, i know where this is going where the tray table like usually folds yeah, up because yeah, yeah. otherwise you pretty much have to push your computer all the way back like it doesn't fit very yeah, well it computers was a don't fit on those tray t- tables anyway they do not fit very well so this guy kind of figured out a way to push it all the way back and tuck it in a little bit okay and unfortunately the person in front of him decided to recline without asking and his computer got smushed. <laughs> <laughs> got smushed. Well, the the screen cracked. Okay. Yeah. And what was the outcome? Was the person annoyed? Was he annoyed that his computer <laughs> broke? He was very annoyed. But I, I mean, that's kind of it's on him. You know, you're not really supposed to put your computer in that precarious situation. Like, how is the person in front of you ever supposed to know that your laptop is tucked in? Mm, controversial. The controversy continues. Controversy continues. But just so you know, guys, don't tuck your laptop screen into where the tray table usually if is. If someone reclines, yeah, look out. I've probably done that before. I'm sure a lot of people have done that. But mm. yeah, I mean, having to replace your MacBook screen, that'd be pricey. Mm, that's annoying. Yeah, it's annoying. I have an in-flight in the news as well, which is very recent. It happened two days ago, and it's something a little bit more lighthearted because at the world, the world at the moment is kind of losing their mind about coronavirus. And yeah. I know we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and it is continuing to dominate the headlines, and travel in general is taking a massive hit right now. Yeah, it's like crazy. Everybody's not just having not-so-bon voyages. Everybody's canceling trips. Mm-hmm. Tour companies are canceling trips, and people are just – generally losing their fucking mind about travel at the moment. Seriously. So I just wanted to say something a little bit more lighthearted. And this is a story about two pigeons who were caught sneaking onto a flight in India. Aww. (laughs) Did you hear about this one? No, but that sounds adorable. Passages on a Go Air flight from Ahmedabad to Jaipur. Jaipur? 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 That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. We're boarding a flight when a pair of pigeons boarded with them. A pair of pigeons. A pair of pigeons. They were spotted in an overhead luggage compartment and then they started flying around. And there's a video of them like literally zooming up and down the aisle. I bet. And then eventually they opened up a plane door and they flew out. Oh, and my straight goodness. into the engine. No. No, I'm kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, no. No, they got out. Uh, but it was just a very small in the news. I thought it was funny because we. I feel like we keep coming across things about – Things that are on planes. Yeah. Scorpions. Yes. Emotional support animals, which I was actually going to talk about because I feel like emotional support animals are under the chopping block at the moment. Mm. There's a lot of talk at the moment about tightening up the reins of those emotional support Mm. horses, so to speak. Oh, I like that. Mm, That's a good pun. Yeah. Uh, I will be uh, reporting back soon. Please do. Yes. You know how I feel about them. I know how you feel about it. The way I feel about it is these animals just want to see the world. Let them board. Hashtag let them board. Well, you know, 
just as the other counter argument, just as a very this is a not so bon voyage for somebody on the other end of not having an emotional support animal. There was a story that I read where a guy had an emotional support animal, a dog, and it bit the passenger next to him. Oh, and left scars on him, like <gasps> bit him on the face. On the face? On the face. Whoa, that's crazy. What kind of dog was it? I don't know. Oh my goodness, that's not a very well trained emotional support well, animal. That, that that was actually that's one of the arguments against them is that all these people are finding loopholes to bring emotional support animals onto planes, mm-hmm. and a lot of the times they're not actually they're not trained properly. Right. Well, is there training emotional support animal training? I don't know. It's not like a blind bring like your, a seeing eye dog. Bring your horse. Bring your horse, get it trained, take it to the SPCA. Yeah. Well, there's a big difference between that because they're service dogs. Right. So people with like physical, mental, intellectual, visibility, like disabilities. Mm-hmm. But as an emotional support animal is just like somebody who has... A pet. A pet. Yeah. No, no. They, there is, there is, they do serve a purpose. No, like, they definitely serve a purpose. Like but anxiety or PTSD or It's stuff. not as strict regulation as like a service dog. Correct. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. Any in the news from you? Uh, that's it. Just the broken screen. That's it. I hope that guy gets it fixed. Good luck, sir. Okay. I wanted to go first today with our main story. Can I permission to go first? No, permission denied. Okay. I will be going first. I'm just okay. kidding. <laughs> go for it. All right. My story is a story that I've been holding on to for a couple of weeks. Let it out, baby. Just, just let it out? Let it out. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Here we go. No, so... I don't know if I t- – no, I didn't tell you the story, but I told you I was speaking to somebody. You told me who, you were speaking to somebody. Who the story involved. Uh-huh. And I'm hoping to get a little bit of an update on that in the future, but for now I'm just going to tell his story because it is crazy. Ooh. Yeah, it's a good story. Really good, actually. I'd say that this is in my top five stories. Wow. Of all time? Of all time. Dun-dun-dun. My top five stories. My story today – is a better man called Christian Lee Baxter. I know him. Really? <laughs> I am also talking to him. Oh, okay. Well, that, what a small word. Oh, well, Christine knows his story, so guys, you guys can just Google him. Yeah. And that's the end of the show. That's the end of the show. We're good. Okay. Bye. He is from BC, Canada. Mm, mm. Heard he, of it. He's actually not very far from where we were in Vancouver. Oh. I think he's from Nan, Naniamo. Nana- oh, yeah, Nanaimo or Nanaimo. 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 Yeah. It's a combination of N's that. and A's and M's. Yes. Nanaimo. And an O. And an O. Maybe two O's. Could be. He is a world traveler and he's an adventurer. Ooh. And he likes to get out and about. He's been traveling for a long time. But back in 2018, he decided to take on a new kind of adventure and visit Syria. Okay. Yes. This is a hot topic right now. Very hot topic. So at the time in 2018, and I think this still stands to this day, Canada had issued an advisory saying, well, yeah, I'm sure this does stand still today. Canada has issued an advisory back in 2011 saying not to travel to Syria. Obviously, a lot of conflict in Syria. We are not a war or political podcast, but just to do a, if you haven't heard about Syria, there's a civil war and there's a lot of problems in Syria. We're not a political podcast? No. No one told me that. I've been politicking. I've been chatting politics. Yep. So it's a very unstable country at the moment and particularly dangerous for Western tourists. Okay. um, For potential kidnappings and things like that. Mm -hmm. Just not a great place to go there at the moment. And coupled with that is the fact that Canada closed their embassy 
in Syria in 2012. And so a lot mm. of Western countries don't have embassies there. Okay, so, I did not know that. Yes, yeah, so if you get stuck in one of these countries or if something happens in one of these countries and you don't have an embassy, it makes it a lot more difficult for your country to kind of negotiate or talk to this country because you don't have any representatives there. Right. Christine is looking at me like she's learnt what an uh, an embassy or an ambassador is for the first time. Embassy, you say. Embassy, you say. I'm going to write that down to Google later. Closed? Closed embassy, you say? So it is late 2018 and Christian travels to Beirut, Lebanon, which is very close to Syria mm-hmm. and with the intention of traveling out towards the Lebanese-Syrian border. So the plan is to cross the border into Syria and visit a little village with the inv- upon the invitation of his girlfriend's brother-in-law. Okay. Right, this this part was a little tricky for me to put my head around just because the way it was reported in the news. And I'm dumb. I'm really dumb. <laughs> so apparently this guy, he lives in Pennsylvania, but I think he must be from this village or he has family in the village and he visits that village regularly. Okay. So maybe he's from there. I don't know. But he is the brother-in-law of Christian's girlfriend at the time. Okay. And the and the village is in Syria. Okay. But he flies, I guess because you can't fly into Syria, or maybe mm. it's too difficult or dangerous, or maybe he was going to Lebanon. But I think he does have a travel visa to go to Syria. Okay. But he flies into Beirut, and then he heads east. And I think I looked it up on Google Maps. If you go to the border, it's like an hour, a bit over an hour. Okay. To drive. So it's not that far. So I'm assuming it was easier for him to fly to Beirut, go to the border, happy mm. days. Happy days. Or so, so he thinks. Or so he thinks. So Christian flies into Beirut and he's picked up by a driver at the airport who was organized by the brother-in-law. Okay. But one problem is his luggage is delayed. Oh, so he's like, oh that. my God. But the brother-in-law tells him it's all good and he will help him sort out the luggage. So Christian is concerned about his luggage, obviously. Obviously. So he's missing his suitcase, but the driver tells him it's all good as well. He's like, that's fine. He says that he'll drop him off at the village, and then he'll go back and get his luggage, and he'll sort it back. Really? Wow, that's really nice of them. Nice guy. Yeah. So he's like, it's all good. I'll take care of it. Suspicious. I'm suspicious. Suspicious. (laughs) Predator-like. So Christian gets to the village, and he's waiting for his luggage, but the guy never comes back. Mm. Hmm. Concerned about his things, Christian goes to the border to inquire about the missing driver and the luggage. Okay. And he's told that the driver has been detained. Oh, no. He was detained in the Syrian side of the border. Mm. Why? Because Christian is traveling with a metal detector. Christian travels with a metal detector? With a metal detector in his suitcase, and it is a prohibited item to enter into Syria. That is so random and kind of hilarious. Yeah, so apparently Christian loves history and he travels, sometimes travels with it. I guess, I don't know if he always does, if it's his thing, if it's his little... He loves history, so he travels with a metal detector? Yeah, well, it said that he likes to go and explore areas and find little things and maybe he'll find... It said something about a bottle cap. So he's like a 75-year-old man in Florida who like <laughs> patrols the beaches for mi- well, missing think- jewelry. Yeah, if, if you go to these places that are historically significant and you search, uh, maybe they're battlegrounds and you find things. I don't know. Huh. I think he just does it as a hobby. Okay. It's a hobby. So he travels with a metal detector, which is an interesting thing to travel with. Does a metal detector go off in a metal detector? Oh. Is it like, do they, or do they like cancel each they other cancel out? cancel each other out. Mm. Or the metal detector recognizes it and it's like, hey. It's like, I see you, metal detector. I see detector. you, small version of me. <laughs> Tiny version. So apparently a metal detector is a prohibited item in Syria and it is in the suitcase. So I guess that he is able to fly into Lebanon with it and it's not an issue. 
I wonder why it's prohibited. I don't know. Maybe because it seems warlike mm. or weapon-like. Maybe it's just misunderstood. Kind of like the opposite. Maybe it's misunderstood. Yeah. Mm. Well, you know, sometimes people have things about can't bring drones in, can't bring guns in. Yeah. Can't bring well, kilos of heroin I, in. Yeah, I hate – isn't that weird? Such I'm just a weird like, rule. Let me bring in my kilos of heroin. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he – so it's banned. And the driver, the poor driver, unbeknown to him, he picks up the oh, suitcase. This poor guy. He drives across the – goes across the border. They obviously use a metal detector and scan it, find this thing, and then they're like, hey, sorry, can't bring that in. Detained. Detained. I apologize to the driver who I thought was suspicious. He is still – he's a good guy. He's still in the good He's books. a good guy. For now. For now. We don't know. Concerned that he just got an innocent person detained, Christian tells the Syrian immigration that the suitcase was his. Mm. But they Fast don't that. do anything. Yeah, so he feels bad about it. He's like, hey, that was mine. And the guys, just, I guess they were just like, not interested. Mm. Heard it all before. Oh. Uh, so a few more days pass and Christian goes back to the border. So basically everyone's telling him not to do it. They're telling him he should leave the country. This is probably not a good just thing. Just flee? Well, they're saying he should probably get out of Syria. You know, if there's this thing, there's an item and it's attached to his name uh-huh. and, you know, it's prohibited and why did he bring it in? They're like, this is probably not a good idea that you're here. The brother-in-law is saying you should go. Mm-hmm. And I guess maybe he's talking to his his family at the time and they're like, hey, just maybe you should just get out of here, you know. Don't worry about clearing things up. But he feels bad about it. And so a few more days pass, and he goes back to the border on December 2nd to try again and claim responsibility for it. Good for him. What a noble man. And he was supposed to be uh, leaving Syria around December 12th or 13th at the time. Mm-hmm. But the last time that anybody had communication or had seen him was when he went back to the border on December 20, uh, the 2nd to claim responsibility for his suitcase, and he was never heard from again. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. So Christian was in constant communication with his mum uh-huh. because she was worried about him going to Syria, gotta, understandably. Got to give your mom the updates, man. So he was messaging her every day, just giving mm-hmm. her updates saying, yep, all good, all good, all good. So good he'd been time. there for a couple of days. But on December 2nd, when he went back to the border to try and claim responsibility for his bag, that was the last day that anybody had seen him or heard from him, and then he just disappeared. <gasps> Off the face of communication. And remember wow. that there's no embassy mm. and then there's no communication. He just, bang. That is gnarly. He's gone. You, his mom was probably freaking out. Yes. So a month passes and no one's heard from him at all. Wow. There's no communication, but there is word of a detained Canadian in Syria and the Canadian government is trying to find out and try and engage information and get talks and go on and stuff like that. But there's no communication otherwise. It's a word on the street. It's word on the street that there's possibly a Canadian detained in Syria. Mm. So there's no avenue of communication because there's no embassy. So Canada uses Lebanon to Makes try sense. and to try and help facilitate that. So they have. I was em- going to suggest that you were going to suggest that if they that. need some consultation. Ah, some diplomatic information right here, Christine. Yeah, just go to the embassy of the neighboring country. I mean, it's, with them. it's actually pretty up. good. It makes sense. It makes sense. It's logical. Yeah, it's logical. So Lebanon being the neighbor of Syria obviously has representation and communication with Syria. Mm. Canada has an embassy in Lebanon, so they start chatting. Bada bing, bada boom. Boom, and that's it. That's the game. And a month passes and Christian is still detained in Syria and there's no word of him 
about him or about him getting out or anything like that. Wow. But behind the scenes, the Canadian government is working with Lebanon and they're working with Syria and they're trying to get him free. But basically, there's like no news about this at all because there's just nothing to report. Mm. There's a couple of stories about how there's a missing Canadian. Mm -hmm. There's stories about him possibly being detained in Syria. But the news don't have anything to report on. The mum doesn't have anything to report on. And the Canadian government doesn't really want to explain a lot of things. It's it's very problematic because they're dealing with a country that they've severed ties with, essentially. Right. So there's no information to report. So there's just literally months and months go by. Months and months? Months and months go oh my by God. with no information. No one's heard from him. No one even knows if he's alive. Jesus. Oh, my God. His mom has been freaking out. Yes. So finally, a breakthrough comes in early August 2019. So this is a pretty new story. And wow. after being detained for more than eight months, huh. Christian is released. <gasps> Wow. Eight months? Eight months. Fucking hell. For a metal detector? Yes. Jesus. So there is some, so there is a lot, there's some more things to this story that are interesting because there's some follow up stuff. But basically, there's no story in between because there's just nothing. Like, which I think is one of the craziest and scariest parts about this story Mm -hmm. is that there just is nothing in between. Yeah. He gets detained. There's speculation as to why they kind of piece together what happened. Oh, he was traveling with this, maybe this happened. But that's it. Mm. No one has heard from him. That so is Christian, bananas. Christian gets released and he one of the first things he does is a news conference in Beirut, Lebanon to make the announcement to say that he's fine. Thank goodness he was okay. And very understandably, he's quite emotional Yes, during this uh, press conference. And he's with, I think, maybe some representatives from Lebanon and from Canada. We will put a link to the video so you can check out the story and, and some of the videos and things like that. But this is the the craziest line. He he says, I thought I would be there forever. I didn't know if anyone knew I was alive. Oh, that poor man. Which I think is the craziest part about this story because there's just no communication. Wow. So he then then went on to thank the Canadian and Lebanese government for helping him out, understandably. And then the Minister of Foreign Affairs, Christia, Christia Freeland, Basically, someone from from Canada <laughs> just went on and, and said, reminded people that basically, uh, you know, it worked out here, but don't push it. This is not something that Canadians should really be doing. Mm. But after that, there was a little bit of follow-up and there was an interview in a local newspaper with Christian with the Nan- Nanaimo News Bulletin. So that's where I got this story. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put a link to that. And it talks about Christian talks about his time. It doesn't go into a lot of detail mm-hmm. about it because I guess it's you know sensitive. It's a sensitive topic, and he you know it's probably quite emotional for him as well. I'm sure quite it was sensitive. extremely traumatic. Yes, traumatic. But he does talk about how on the flight back to Canada, he remembers crying three times because he was just so excited about finally getting home. And yeah, like I said, he doesn't say much about being detained or the details, but it doesn't sound like detention was very fun for him. In Syria, he said that he rarely had anyone to talk to and that he wrote a diary on his cell walls to keep his mind busy, which I think would be the craziest thing about being locked away. Yeah. Just having... Mental agony. Yeah. So lonely. And, And also the fact that he had no idea if people knew he was out there or not. Right. Like he had no idea if people even knew he was there. Right. The whole time. I mean, I guess that he 
like I guess that he could probably figure it had been communicated to somebody that he went back to the immigration to the border and tried to you know claim his stuff as his own and get the other guy out from being detained. Yeah. So then kind of put two and two together that if he's missing, it was probably because he got detained and not just... But, I mean, who knows? I mean, something else could have happened. He could have had trouble on the way to the border, on the way back from the border, like just ran into the wrong person. He's just... One thing, he's gone to the border, and next thing, he's in a in a jail cell. Yeah. He's there for months on end with no one talking to him and telling him what's going on. Yeah. That is so awful. So he doesn't describe too much about his time, but he does talk about... Uh, the period of time just before he got out mm-hmm. and what that was like. So he doesn't talk about the months that he was in there and understandable. I'm sure he probably doesn't really want to talk about too much about it. But he said that the guards weren't very interactive with him mm-hmm. at the time. They, they never used his name. Mm-hmm. They just didn't really have much to do with him. And then suddenly he said that one of the guards called out to him by name one time and he noted that as being quite odd because it's not something that happened very often. Mm. They're like, Christian, and then – one of the guards spoke to him and said to him something about how he needed to get some more vitamin D and they were going to clean his room and give him a mattress and things like wow, that. So I don't know what, upgrade. Yes, I don't know what conditions he was in before that. <laughs> but he obviously wasn't getting a lot of sunlight and he obviously wasn't getting a lot of uh, you know special treatment in mm. there in being detained. And then a general spoke to him and told him that he was going to go home in one or two weeks. Oh. but gave him no details because I don't think he had any, but just said to him, it was like the first time that they ever actually spoke to him and he said, like, you're going to go home in the next couple of weeks. It would be so hard to, like, your hopes would obviously be up, but then you'd be like, who knows what's really going on? Well, he has no idea whether this is even real. Right, exactly. So whether this is some kind of trick or, Mind or whatever. Game. Yeah, exactly. And then he said that, uh, so all this happened. So basically, he's there for eight months, mm. and he's not getting anything. But he is just right towards the end, getting a couple of snippets. So I guess this is maybe closer to when they're trying to negotiate his release, and maybe Syria is trying to get him all sort of sorted. Because in the next few days after that, they give him a shave and a haircut, oh. which he hadn't had in eight months. They do some grooming. They do some grooming. So no doubt they're prepping him to re-enter the world. Yeah. But he's still not getting any deeds. But well, that must be a good sign for him. He's like, good, okay. That's not a bad sign. If you're if you're locked in a cell for eight months and then suddenly someone wants to give you a haircut. The barber comes in and does a little yeah, snip snip. He's like, okay, okay, okay. So he gets his haircut, gets a shave, gets a mattress. But I mean, if he gets a mattress right at the end of the eight months. Yeah. Okay. You're like, I've gone this long without a mattress. It's fine. I'll take the floor. Yeah. And then he said one night he heard the general on the other side of his door and the little flat thing where they give him food. Um, I guess he spoke to him or something like that. And the general said, you're going home. I'm so happy for you. Oh, oh really? Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but Christian didn't know what to think. And he's still thinking it could have been a trick. Yeah. He's not really sure what was happening. But then they took him across the border. And they're not explaining anything to him along the way. They take him across the border and then he finally comes into contact with the Canadian ambassador to Lebanon mm-hmm. and he realizes he's in Lebanon and he realizes that at that point there that he's finally going to go home. Oh, wow. And then he went home. I would probably cry for like a month after that. Man. It would be such a relief. So crazy. And then when you see him in this video after you've read the story and you see the video, like the press conference of him after he's been released and he's just 
like weeping. He's just so like just it would just be such a mixture of emotions. Like you'd be so upset, you'd be so happy, you'd be so physically, mentally drained. Yeah, exhausted. You, I, I feel like I'd almost have an anxiety attack, like thinking, is this even real? Right. Like you just what is even, real anymore? Yeah, he just said you wouldn't even believe like what is real. Yeah. But he made it back, and yeah, that's his story. That is bananas. Yeah. I can't believe I've never heard that before. It's crazy. That seems like such a big story. Well, I think maybe one of the reasons why is because there just was literally no information. Yeah. There was no updates. You know, if you think back to the story uh, episode, I don't know, like five episodes ago mm-hmm. about being detained in North Korea. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. It reminded story, me of that. Yeah, it, it reminded me a lot of that story. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that didn't work out too well. But at least... That didn't work out very well at all. That guy died. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that didn't work that's out. That's an understatement. <laughs> okay. But at least with that story, they knew he was there. That's true. They knew he was – I mean, this story obviously worked out better because he survived. Mm-hmm. But they, they knew he was there. They had the press conference from him where he said, like, I was very bad, I did the bad things. Mm-hmm. So they had the information. North Korea just weren't letting him out. Mm-hmm. This one is just nothing. nothing. Radio silence for eight months. Ugh. Where Canada was – didn't understandably didn't want to say too much about mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But – Wow, that must have been so crazy for his family to have no idea where he is. And then he gets let out. What a huge relief. Yeah. Now he's out. Wow. And he's just back back at it. Back in Canada? Back in Canada. And I reached out to him. Mm. Yeah. Seems like a nice guy. Nice. Yeah. I reached out and said, G'day. Um I didn't wanna I didn't wanna speak to him specifically about um his time there, because mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, whether he wants it, probably doesn't want to discuss it. Mm-hmm. But I did speak to him, and hopefully I will send him a link to this so hopefully he can hear his story, and hopefully we're, I, I can reach out to him. And I'm more interested in hearing about how this experience has changed his perspective on travel. Mm. Good question. That's what I think would be I'm most interested in because, you know, sure it would be interesting to hear about what his time was like being detained, mm-hmm. but I, I just I want to know, like, what this does for somebody's – Mm. mentality yeah i feel like if this happened to me i don't know it's so hard part of you would feel like you just never want to leave your home again i definitely stay at home for a while it would yeah, probably yeah. take a few years for me to get out i definitely about. never travel with a metal detector again definitely not I'd i would definitely break that do, thing in two and i think that's a pretty good thing a good travel takeaway if i'm just going to make one up on the spot is to if you are going to places they're a little bit more obscure. Mm-hmm. Um, you should probably think about what you can and can't bring. True. Like think a little bit about that. Yeah, what if you had had a drone? Yeah, or things like that. I mean, people people get detained for that sort of stuff. Yeah, because it's not just, you know, they're going to take the drone away like they do in some countries. Like they will think you're a spy and detain you. Yeah. Yeah, like that couple that got detained in Iran. In Iran, yeah. Who were flying the drone. Yeah, so... There you go. So that is my travel takeaway is that if you are going to places that don't have as strong a diplomatic ties with your country mm-hmm. or if you're going to more obscure places or just anywhere really, if, you, if you're bringing something that is outside the ordinary, mm-hmm. like not if you bring toothpaste and stuff like that, but if you are bringing uh, obscure items or things like drones or equipment, surveying type equipment especially, mm-hmm. you should check to see. Yeah, specifically in countries that are a bit more sketchy. Yes. Mm. There you go. So, Christian, good to have you back in 
on Canadian soil. Yeah, and, we're uh, in Canada, so well, we can say that. Yeah, we can say that. We, <laughs> we're basically locals now. We're basically Canadian Yeah, now. we're Canadian, eh? So, uh, yeah, there you go. Wow, that is a crazy story. That Thank you. Good job. I, that was a great one. It's hard. To, I wasn't sure how it was going to be telling it because there was a, a significant lack of information. Mm. But, yeah. I did not think he was going to be in there for that long. Eight months. Wow. That is a long Eight time months. to be detained. Yikes. Well, that was quite a story. Thank you for telling, sharing that with us. No worries. Thank but, you, Christian. Thank you, Christian, for letting us share your story. Yeah, I mean, kind I of. got it off the news. Thank you, the news, for letting us, for giving us information. It's always important to have information, and the news brings that to us. Thank you, news. We are like a news network, kind of. Hilarious news network. We're bringing news to you. <laughs> the hard-hitting news. It's not always factual. It's not always on time. But it's there eventually. And we will be including aviation law. Yes. So don't don't miss out. If you do want the real news or at least where we get our stories from, you may go to our website, notsobombayage.com, and you will find every week we post the show notes that not a lot of people go and visit, but they're there. They're and there. sometimes we include pictures, and sometimes we include special bonus information that you can't get from the podcast. Yeah, like visual information. Like visual information, like links to videos <laughs> and further follow-up things and secret bonus material. So you should check out the website, notsobombayage.com. And you'll find something secret there. It will be a secret present. So I'm going to tell my story now. Can't wait to hear it. Okay. So this comes from a young man named Ryan Patey. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Ryan, if that's not how you pronounce it, sorry. How do you spell it? P-A-T-E-Y. Okay. So it could be Patey. could be Patty. could be Patty. He's Canadian. Is that Pate? help? Oh my God, double Canadians in Canada. Whoa. Whoa. And we didn't even mean to do it. We did not mean to do that. That's so crazy. I guess we're feeling the Canada vibes. Hey. Yeah. Not enough people say A. No. I actually heard that it's getting phased out by the younger generation. Well, I thought that we'd hear it a lot more. And I thought we'd we're hear people. Disappointed. I thought we'd hear people that sounded a lot different. And pretty much everyone here just sounds like they're from the US. Yeah, or Australia. Yeah, well, that's because there's are. a lot of Aussies there's here. There's a lot of Aussies in Banff. Yes. Oh, well, what are you going to do, Canada? What are you going to do? We're here now. Hashtag bring back A. Yeah. I'm bringing it back. Mm. Tell, let us know if you're on board. To A or to not A? <laughs> that a. is the question. Yeah, exactly. To A or to nay? To A or to nay? Should we nay the A or should we Ooh. A? A the A. A the A. Mm. I don't Tell even us. know what we're talking about now. Who knows? Okay, so my story is about Ryan Pate. Patey. We're going to go with that. Ryan Patey. Patey. We're going with that. So Ryan is a house sitter. He has spent a lot of time house sitting around the world, He, which is what we do. Well, not we've mostly done it in North America. We've exclusively done it in North America. I wouldn't say we're house sitters per se, but we've, we've We dabbled. have house sat. We've we have sat house some houses. sat twice on this trip. Yes, we have. So if you don't know what house sitting is, basically there's websites where if you're going on a trip and want somebody to look after your house or look after your pets, you can chuck your house up on there and trusted house sitters all over the world can come and stay at your house and it's all very verified. And It's very good. It's legit. It's like an Airbnb. It's like an Airbnb, but it's there's no money exchanged. No money. 
which is part of this story. So we're going to go back to 2014 when mm-hmm. Ryan is just starting out with his house sitting uh, internationally. Mr. Patey. So he's been sitting in Canada for about a year or so, house just sitting. sitting. He's just sitting. Just sitting. Just sitting around. And he has been planning to start house sitting internationally. So he wants to spend some time in Europe before ending up in Southeast Asia. So he's done his research, and he's read that flying into London can cause problems at immigration, especially as a house sitter. Because it's kind of this weird gray area where you're not working because you're not getting money, but you're Mm. not just traveling. And there is kind of an exchange of goods, if you will. Why do you need to say you're a house sitter? Well, you don't. Why would you ever do that? Okay, so... He, okay, you're not answering my question. Uh, we'll get to that in this in this okay. story. So he said he's had some bad encounters in the States with, like, airports and immigration. So he's kind of paranoid uh, that something, you know, could go wrong at immigration. So he's avoiding any airports that could be problematic like London. So he decides that he will fly into Dublin – uh, where he's going to do some house sitting, and then he's going to house sit in York, England, which is uh, shout out to my alma mater, University of York, where University I got my York. master's. Uh, so he's preparing to travel from What's Canada. What alma mater mean? Alma mater. Yeah, it just means like you went there. Okay, you study there. I actually like, I didn't there. go there, but you like I went there. I went there. Okay. Shout out to I went there, <laughs> University of York. So as he's getting prepared to travel to Ireland, he's getting uh, exchanging euros, pounds. He's printing his bank statements, uh, and he has an exit flight from Dublin to Manchester to prove like onward travel because a lot of mm-hmm. locations require that. Never been asked to show my bank statements ever. Okay, so basically, what I'm trying to say is that he's really prepared. Yeah, he's way more prepared than we ever are. He's already exchanged money into local currency. He's printed his bank statements. Yep. He's uh, done his exit flight. Like he's so much more prepared than we have ever been for any trip ever. We like to keep it interesting. We like to keep us on our toes. We have never printed out bank statements. Have you ever done that? Oh, maybe like 15 years ago on my first trip when I was to go to Canada. Yeah, yeah, North America. When I got my visa, I've never done that. And oftentimes you can catch us at the check-in desk for a flight booking refundable onward travel flights because we've forgotten to do that. Yeah. We also found out a way how to make fake onward flights. I was going to say that, but is that something we should be telling people? Uh, Yeah. Eh, Whatever. whatever. I hope you don't work for immigration. If you work for immigration, get over it. Get over it. (laughs) Get Get over it. So he flies to Dublin. He's in line to enter immigration. Things are going pretty smoothly until the officer. So he's going to do. Um, he probably looks hella sketchy as well. If he's, you know what it's like. It's like overly prepared. Yeah, when you're overly prepared, you feel super nervous. Yeah, I mean it's very that's possible. So not only uh, has he done all this to prepare, but he has actually booked a hostel for the first night in Dublin, which he doesn't need because he's house sitting. But he's making it look like he's a traveler. <laughs> He's got his hostel booked. All right. So the officer asked him, so you've only got a hostel booked for one night in Dublin? Just a one-night stay. That's it. A one-night stand. And he's like, yeah, if it's bad, I'll just book somewhere else for the next night. And she's like, you don't have anything else booked at this point. He's like, no. So this is raising some red flags already. 
So the officer presses him on what he's doing in Ireland, whether he's there to work or not, and he says he's not. Why? I don't understand why people in Ireland would care if you're there for work. Everyone that's Irish that I know leaves Ireland. Yeah, I know. They must have like a, a not. Do they have a work? Do they shortage? have a workforce? I don't know. Everybody I know leaves Ireland Maybe to go they don't and get work to. elsewhere. Maybe they don't have any jobs. In they Ireland. should be. Sa- and Ireland is like a hub for people to go and set up, like with tax breaks. All the big tech companies set up their their European. That's true. Like their European headquarters in Ireland because of tax breaks. They should be like, yeah, come along and work for free. Mm. Mm. Anyway. Mm, shout out to Ireland. Shout out to Ireland. Or not shout out, but I don't know much about it. Tip apart for from Ireland. That. Yeah. Let us in and let us work. Let us house it. Anyway. Well, I mean, you need a work visa. I think that's the problem. Ah, oh, you need a work visa. You can't because I guess people get paid under the table and the taxes, mm. tax evasion. Tax evasion. You ever heard of it? Yeah, it's a big thing. Yeah, we're tax lawyers as well. So yeah. yeah. So the April officer- deadline's coming up, guys. Oh God, don't remind me. <sighs> okay, so the officer presses him on what he's really doing, whether he's working. Eventually, it seems like she doesn't believe him. So eventually she's like, you need to wait at this bench on the side because I got a lot of people to deal with. So she's like, you go over there. But before he walks away, she gives him one last chance to be honest, which I, I've we've heard other immigration officers doing this. And it seems like a tactic. It's like, okay, man, like now you just got to level one with One more time. Just be honest. Like good cop, bad cop kind of situation. Yeah. Well, it's like when we were coming into Canada a few weeks ago when they're like, they were doing the good cop, bad cop thing. Yeah, exactly. And one, cop, one immigration guy walks away and the other guy goes, all right, man, look, when this guy comes back, you better tell him the truth. You just got to be honest, you man. You just got to be honest, man. Yeah. So hey, it- I'm the cool guy here. I'm like, a cool guy. I don't mind if you lie to me, but that guy, you he'll want to fuck be your shit up. He'll turn your life upside down. Yeah, at least your car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be more annoying. Yeah, <laughs> so annoying. So she, he tells her that he's taking care of a dog for a family. So he's kind of fessing up because at this point she's like really grilling him, and she's like, "So you're doing work away." Which is like, you know, when mm. you go and get a job or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, there's no money involved. Like, he wants to make that very clear. Because work visa is like if you're getting paid. Yeah, yeah, if you're getting paid. So he, she waves him over to the bench. Can you volunteer? I don't know. That's a good question. I yeah. think that's another gray area. Yeah. So he gets waved back over eventually. And she asks for his bank statements. Oh. Which he's printed. So he's prepared, which is crazy because I would never have that. Yeah. Well, you can just get online and be like, I've got an app. Yeah. Right. So he's showing her the bank statements and she's like, how do I know you didn't just take the money out after you printed these? (laughs) Which is like, there's only so much confirmation you can do. Like. You, it's not like you coming can come with a bag of a, a briefcase full of cash, you know. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could get online and be like, "Look away while I put my password in." Right, Here's my account. Whoa, what was that? That was a notification. I always it's turn a my notifi- really loud notification. I always turn my notifications off on the computer, and this is the one time that I forgot to do it. Right. There you go. That's the game, though. Okay, so she's basically trying to trip him up. Obviously, there's no way of knowing if he took the money out right away. But he says, you know, I didn't. And then she asks how much credit he has available on his credit card. That's what the Canadian people asked us as well. I know, which seems very nosy. And I don't think I've ever been asked that before. Yeah. Well, she asks. Apparently, it's an ask. It's Mm. a thing. It's It's a a question. It's an ask. People are asking about it. Yeah. 
So she tells him basically he doesn't have enough cash with him and she's just not happy. So she has she's him She's just not a happy person. She she has him log into his banking and credit cards on his uh, laptop to show her proof that the money is still in his accounts. Which is so extreme, right? That's, it, that's bizarre. It's, a, it's like it's just getting ridiculous. Yeah. So obviously this woman must be having a terrible day or she's taking her job way too seriously. I think it's the latter. Yeah. If so, you're having a terrible day, you just get to that point and be like, fuck, I don't even really care, to be honest. Yeah, I'm going home. Yeah. It's five o'clock. All right, see ya. So when you have long immigration lines getting into Dublin, you know who to thank. Yeah. This lady. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so he, this poor guy, Ryan's got his laptop out. He's balancing it on one knee, trying to log into the airport Wi-Fi. Why doesn't he have two knees? Well, you know when you're standing up and you've just got like the one knee oh, up? I don't okay. think there's like a desk oh, area. Oh, he's not sitting down. He's not sitting down. He's at immigrate. Like, I, you thought know, maybe the limb- you, I thought there's going to be like a plot twist. He only has one leg or something. <laughs> Flat twist. You know how the, they have those little stalls you go through and it's yeah, like yeah, just yeah. a glass thing, partition basically. So he's just up against one of those with his knee up trying to get into the Wi-Fi. Okay. And I think that she was probably just take, taking pleasure and making him sweat. Yeah. That's my take on, that's my hot take. She a bitch. Yeah. So he shows her his bank accounts and everything. Then she asks for the onward travel which he has as well. So he's like totally prepared. He's like, boom, gotcha, boom, gotcha. Exactly. But she doesn't seem satisfied. And so he shows her the flight and she's like, that's a discount airline. You could just cancel that flight. Oh, tell this. This is where I tell the woman to get fucked now. I mean, if you say that, then you know you're, what? you're on ask, the next plane back to Australia. I'd ask to speak to her superior. Yeah. But... I bounce her ass out of there. The thing with immigration is they're so... Like, they just have a lot of power and they're oh. so like subjective immigration people and i'm just going to put this out there i don't want to make any enemies around there but immigration people are usually jerks Mm. and i get that you have to be a jerk it's a point kind of yeah i get that you know you're protecting the borders of the country and you have to be a little bit standoffish and you can't be too friendly but seriously just relax Mm. what i like it's either failed police people or you know you're yeah. one rung. You're in between a police officer and a bouncer at a club. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe a bit just more important. Two, maybe two above maybe the bouncer. Maybe two above the bouncer. But I'm just saying, like, just relax, relax all right? Relax, man. Take the, what about Stern but Fair? Yeah. I've dealt with so many shit immigration officers in the U.S. And especially having my green card and having to go through secondary that time Mm-hmm. You had to go through into the little room, the back room, the back room and stuff like that just because I was on the, the temporary one. Just because you were on the watch list. I mean, yeah, on, yeah. it's ridiculous. Well, no, until my green card, the physical card arrived, I was in the waiting period where mm. I'd been granted a green card or like, sorry, I was in the application process. So I had been granted residency, but I didn't have the green card. Mm-hmm. So every time we entered, I had to go through that little room and they treat you like a fucking criminal in there. Yes, they do. And I literally, I would have to wait there with all the people who were like this. People were coming in and they're like, how are you working? What's your visa? And mine was literally that just had to go onto the computer and confirm, yes, he's got a green card application pending. And then that's it. I would mm. never, but I always had to still wait there for an hour. I know. I waited there with you. Yes. Yeah, Nobody likes the back room. No one likes the back room. Don't go in the back room. Don't go in the back door. Yeah. Luckily, Ryan did not have to go in the back room. 
But he was put in an awkward position. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have to go back door, but he was still pretty awkward. It was an awkward position. He's like on one so, knee, he's on one leg. <laughs> so he's sweating. She asks for his return to get back to Canada, but he says he's planning on going to Southeast Asia afterward, which she isn't happy with, obviously, because she wants to know when he's going to get his ass back to Canada. Say, none of your business. Nanya. Who who'd you book with? Nanya. Oh yeah, what airline's that? Nanya business. Nanya business. That's a good one. That would not fly. I don't yeah. think. Start just cracking wise jokes. <laughs> wise cracking. So she says that he really needs to have a ticket back to Canada. And so she has to call ahead to England to get approval for his entry because they have a shared border because he's going to England mm. next. So and if he gets knocked back from England, he's going to come back to Ireland, I guess. So she phones the direct hotline to England. Hotline. The England hotline. Uh, if we're anybody trying to get there, it's 1-800-ENGLAND, and it's a direct hotline to the Queen. So I just imagine, like, behind immigration, there's just a bunch of televo- telephones, each labeled with a different country's name, and she's like, give me England on the line. Her Majesty. So she talks directly with the Queen. Um, no. So she, you know, calls England and gets that approval. And then she grills him about the house sit and he tells her he booked it through a website. There's no money involved. Shout out trusted house sitters. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says she has to confiscate his laptop. I mean, it's just like oh. crazy level of insanity from this immigration officer. So she has to confiscate his laptop and phone to review all the correspondence with the homeowners. I wrote in all caps, biggest eye roll ever. Is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I would leave. This I, is like next level. I tell it if I honestly think I'd tell it. I would refuse. It's ridiculous. That's his personal information. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, is that even legal? No, oh, she thinks that. She now she suddenly thinks that she's above a police she's officer. She's a dictator, Irish yeah. dictator. Good lord. <laughs> so he hands over his laptop, which I would personally be very nervous to do. I, I wouldn't do Who it. Who knows what's on your laptop? No, no, I, could be I, anything. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I'd, I'd say no. You've got you've you know you've got rights. Yeah, you've got rights, yeah. Ryan. And we're making a class action lawsuit of people who have been wronged by immigration. Yeah, you've got rights. Call us. We want you to be involved. So Ryan, so she's going over the laptop. He's sitting down over on his bench. It's now Ryan's bench. He's, yeah, you know he's he doesn't he owns have to be it. on one leg anymore. He has a little plaque. <laughs> And while she is going over the laptop, two other officers approach him and ask him about the house sitting. And they ask him if he's allowed to leave the house or if he's going to be trapped there in the house during his sit. Irish people, man, come on. There's the internet. It's 2014. Get out there and learn about the world. Get it together. Like, what is happening? Ireland, come on. You're not that far behind. He's they're asking basically like house sitting is some underground human trafficking ring mm. that he's got himself now, into. Now will you be chained or will you be in leather straps? <laughs> and will you be sex slave twenty four seven or do you get a break? Is it unionized? You get a break on the weekends. You get a break on the weekends. So eventually he gets called back over to the lady and she said she's very upset because he lied to him. Oh, well, Actually, good. she says that she's not mad. She's disappointed. Oh, well, that's even worse. Yeah, exactly. Then he gets grounded back to Canada. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. And no phone for two weeks, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm taking this phone away, young man. So she says she's going to let him in, but with a stipulation. Here's my number. Call me, baby. Call me, bitch. So his visa is going to end two days after his flight to England. That's when she's ending it, even though usually Canadians are allowed to enter to Ireland for two months. Okay. But she's like, once it, like, once 
two days after your flight to England, you need to be out for sure, no matter what. Okay. So she scolds him again for not having a return ticket to Canada. I'm very disappointed in you, Wyan. Yeah, Wyan, you're a bad man. <laughs> and she says that she has no idea how she, how he's going to get around Europe without a ticket back to Canada or that amount of cash. Uh, it's not going to get her get him around at Europe. Nanya, I got Nanya. So he said he's not. He doesn't want to argue with her at this point, and just says thank you, and finally gets to, into Ireland. And his house sitting family has been waiting for him at the airport. No idea what's happening. Uh, and Ryan says that if, well, Ryan Christian was in Syria for eight months, and his family didn't know how long he was there for. So you'll be fine. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be fine. They'll be fine. Anytime somebody has to wait, I'm for not you comparing now, this. Anytime somebody has to wait for you now, I'm just going to be like, yeah, well, Christian was in Syria for eight months. Yeah, that's true. Well, Ryan had it tough too. Yeah, no, it's he did. potato tomato. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he said that he, if he went back to Ireland, he would hope that he would have the same immigration officer because he wants her to know that he's traveled around Europe to Southeast Asia. He's only been home once in four years and he never had any issues. Despite her best efforts, everything turned out okay. He should have got her email address. Yeah. And Put, sent you, sent, sent, sent her, her pictures, a blog. Sent her pictures around the world. <laughs> he could have done like an email newsletter, blog yeah. email newsletter just for her. Just for, just breaking news. Ryan's in Prague. He Thank made it to another country. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Ryan, you should find her email address and find let her. her know. Yeah. Or what send a, her postcards. Yeah. Oh, that would have even been better. That would have been hilarious. Attention, bitch lady. Yeah. Dude, Ryan, man. What a shitty so, experience. Yeah. So Ryan is the author of a new book called This Job is Shit, How I Became a Full-Time House Sitter to Travel the World. Uh, since this story, Ryan has completed over 50 house sits, and he was also nominated as runner-up for House Sitter of the Year with Trusted House Sitters. Oh, wow. Mm. That's a lot of house sits. Yeah. So in cool. the book, he talks about how to do your first house sit and dealing with, you know, shit, basically. Mm, cool. Literally we'll and it. figuratively. Yes. Oh. Put a link to it. Well, that is uh, that would be a very interesting resource. Yeah, house sitting is awesome, you guys. House sitting is really cool. Yeah. Not a lot of people know about it, and when we explain it, people are like, huh? It's such a good way to see the world. Mm. And so good. if you like animals, if you don't like animals, you probably shouldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, we just so we that's why we're in Canada. Well, we're in Canada to see Canada because we wanted to come see it, and we like to freeze our asses. And off. We like to freeze our asses, off, and we will never. Do it again. We are never, never, never doing this again. Coming back again. Yeah. No, seriously, guys. In all honesty, Canada has been amazing. It's been a great trip. But we will not spend this much time in winter again. No. Not in this winter. We're beach people. And we know that now. We always knew it. But now we really know it. We know it. Now we really know it. Really, really, really. Yep. I can't be cold any longer. No. So, Canada, you've been great. But, uh... Could be the last time we see you in the winter. Yeah. We'll come but, back. Hey, it's been fun. We'll come back in like September. Yeah, we'll come back. In, we really want to come back here in the summer or the spring. Yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, well, I guess we should probably go out and explore some more now then. I guess so. Let's go see Banff. Let's go see Banff. I'm hungry. I'm Christine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making it. I'm hungry. Mm -hmm. uh, thanks, guys, for joining us for another week. We are, we're on the road a bit for the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So... You know, we, we like we said, we promise you an episode once a week. But, you know, whether it comes on a Monday or it comes on a Wednesday, you're just going to have to bear with us. Bear with but us. But we will get you one a week because we love you. Yeah, we do. And if you love us, you should write us a review. If you listen to this podcast on Apple, write us a review right now. 
Yes, please. Before you do anything else, even if you're listening to us on the bathroom. On the bathroom. Don't even wash your hands. <laughs> Just write us a review. Wash your hands. But after wash you wash your hands, your hands write phones a review. Phones are filthy. Phones are filthy. Wash your phone. Wash your wash phone. Wash your entire body. Get in the shower. Your phone's probably waterproof. Write it in the shower. Write it in the shower. Write us a review on Apple. Uh, you have no idea how much it helps us. If you do listen, if you listen on Spotify and things like that, you can't write us reviews, but you can share us with your friends. That would be helpful. That would be great. Yeah. So you could be like, hey, listen to this cool podcast. Um, I listen to it. You should listen to it. Yeah. But if you listen on Apple, just write us a review. That That's all we want for Christmas this year. Even if it's a shorty review, just go do it. It doesn't take very long. It doesn't take long at all. You just go, you scroll down, hit the five-star button, write, this show rocks, um, and that's it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we'll leave you to do it now. We'll take we'll take off. We'll start working on the next episode because we just want to keep bringing you fun and enjoyment and you start working on that review. Okay, yeah. deal. Deal. Handshake. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. You've been beautiful. Stay safe on the road. And if you haven't, make sure you tell us about it. And if you haven't? If you don't. If you don't. If, if you, you don't. aren't. If you don't, make sure you tell us about it. Bye. Bye, bitches. Bye.